What's up, everybody? It's your boy Antoine TV2, the host of Organized Mess, and I'm back with a brand new episode for y'all. Hope everybody's out there having a good day, staying safe, and enjoying the wonderful spring weather that we're having. Because one, it is March. We have less than one month away till WrestleMania, and I am very, very excited. But also, you know, like every in each and every podcast, I got a special Great topics to talk about each and every week on this podcast for y'all. So, without further ado, you already know how this goes. Grab your popcorn, grab your drinks, grab something to eat, grab something somewhere comfortable to sit. And let's get right in today's episode. So, starting off, this past Monday Night on Raw was a very great night. As well as some very great promos, as well as some very great scenes that we love and I love to share, especially two two parts of Raw that I really like the most. And we're gonna talk about it right here, right now. First one, do you like do you think or do you guys think that the John Cena feud will make or break Austin Theory? So, if anybody watched this past Monday night on Raw, you knew that John Cena was coming to Monday Night Raw to confront the current United States champion, Austin Theory. Am I right? Okay, then. So, we all know that's an emotional one for Cena because we haven't seen this man, obviously since, obviously since Friday Night SmackDown, the last SmackDown of 2022, when he, when he was a... Uh, going against Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn with his partner and your boy, KO, Kevin Owens. And real talk, now with this whole feud coming into play, the whole promo between Austin Theory and John Cena was chef's kiss. It was beautiful. Beautiful. And... To, to literally talk about some of the things that happened in that one promo, which my favorite part is when he basically completely just squashed Austin Theory. The entire promo, he squashed Austin Theory, which I loved it. He deserved everything that John Cena is going to do to him coming WrestleMania, either night one or night two. And, and I mean, John, I mean, Austin Theory got eaten alive in this in this promo. And I mean eaten alive. He was like, I want, Austin Theory was basically like, I want me versus you for the United States Championship. And he was like, Dustin was like, no. And he's like, no. He's like, I'm saying no because I don't care about you. I never did. I've been watching you behind the scenes. And you're basically a wannabe of me. And he pointed to, like, a sign that a woman made that said, Austin Theory is a wannabe John Cena. And and that's what was happening in the first few months when Austin Theory got called up from the like to the main roster from NXT. Like, Vince McMahon was forcing Austin Theory down our throats like they were doing with Roman Reigns down our throats before he became the tribal chief. Before he became the person who he is today, before he became the leader, the tribal chief, the person that's the needle mover, God mode himself, Roman Reigns. They were literally force feeding us 
Austin Theory down our throats. Him becoming the United the the him becoming the youngest United States champion. Him becoming the youngest Money in the Bank briefcase holder. Like all this stuff, just like they were trying to do way back when they were trying to force John Cena down his throats, becoming that ruthless aggression John Cena that we all know and love. But that version of John Cena was not working, and he almost got fired for that. If anybody remembers, when he came in, when John Cena first came in, forcing John Cena down our throats way back when, and him getting, when he told that the ruthless aggression, that version of him almost got him fired, and he had to revamp himself, just like how Austin Theory did, because just like back then, Vince McMahon was forcing John Cena down our throats with ruthless aggression. Vince McMahon was throwing Austin Theory down our throats to becoming the best version of John Cena there is. Both play the same goddamn picture. All right. Fast forward when John Cena was in thugging, was doing the whole thugonomics to how he is right now. When John Cena basically became thugonomics, everybody loved him. Like every him being like a rapper and all this type of stuff, and we all loved it. Like how they're trying to re- revamping Austin Theory right now as the United States champion, just like John Cena was the United States champion. And everything nearly comes to play because they're basically trying to make a replica of John Cena, which is not working. Because just like they didn't care about ruthless aggression, John Cena, way back then, we don't kind of care about Austin Theory now because they're still kind of force-feeding us a version of him that's not him. So... And it's, 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 I'm, we're catching on to this very quickly. So, and it's, it's, it's not looking good for Austin Theory right now because John Cena particularly said, if you, if, if we do this match at WrestleMania, John Cena versus Austin Theory at WrestleMania for the United States Championship, you will lose everything, which he's speaking kind of facts because, because one, you're trying to revamp a good, uh, like a better version of Austin Theory. Which, not gonna lie, when when um, Triple H took over and became head of creative, he did a pretty good job of revamping Austin Theory. Because we didn't like him force feeding us Austin. We didn't like Vince McMahon force feeding Austin Theory in our mouths because we we didn't like that shit. That shit was kind of that shit was getting annoying for all of us. So now when he revamped them, he was doing a better job. But there's still some parts that he was missing, and. It's, it's everything is get is basically connecting because, like I said, they're trying to revamp the old John Cena to basically this new Austin Theory and trying to connect the dots so they can like you know play out to be the same shit and basically just force feeding us Austin Theory, which we all hate. When you force feed us a wrestler that we know is trash now, everybody's gonna hate him. Fans, mothers, daughters, cousins. Everybody around the world is going to hate that one wrestler because you're force-feeding us someone that we are probably going to, like, you know, probably going to like later on down the road. If you stop force-feeding us and pull the trigger like you did with John Cena, like, at an earlier time, or basically made him, or basically make Austin Theory, like, you know, go his own path, then I feel like we will love them right now. But... The force feeding and try to make him to a John Cena, try to make him to a replica John Cena that we know he's nowhere near that capability is literally torture and it sucks and it's terrible. And 
Like, going back to the promo, when he said, you'll lose everything. Like, when he said that Russo's aggression era himself got him almost fired. So when he reinvented himself in the thugonomics and the person that he is today, people loved him after that because, you know, everybody's saying, yo, this is a better John Cena than it was Ruthless Aggression, even though everybody loves, you know, loves that, you know, it was like a startup for John Cena, but it almost got him, like, basically terminated from the company. Like, all that type of stuff leading into what it, to this match is going to be about is very good and in a very excellent way because literally the crowds how they did back then with john cena will eat him alive till this goddamn very day and if like and if austin theory literally loses so basically one of the best world champions of all time right next to right next to rick flair his 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 career is over over if it, like, literally, it's Austin Theory's career is donezo. If you lose to John Cena, that's it. Hang it up. Go back to NXT. Revamp yourself. Because that's the only thing that's probably going to save your ass in the long run. And literally, and I see, like, Austin Theory coming at his bald spot and saying, like, come on, man. Because he was like, and then after that, he was like, does you guys want to see Austin Theory versus John Cena at WrestleMania? Everybody's like, yeah. And he's like, all right, it's official. And he was basically like, good luck to you because you're going to need it. Because we all know you don't have it in here at his, in his, in his uh, brain. We all know that you don't have it in here, his heart. And we all know that you don't have it in here. And I'm like, damn, you just gave this man a ball tap. And that what made the promo even more better. He was like, whoa, 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 you really should work on that last part. And I'm like, did John Cena just made a, a small dick joke to Austin Theory? I was like, damn. He just said Austin Theory got a small wee-wee. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, Jesus. You just got he like Austin Theory just got eaten alive. He got eaten alive in that promo. Uh like the first time we see him back in a couple of months, he eats Austin Theory for breakfast and completely demolished the entire promo and basically sent him pissed off and packing because Austin Theory can't come back from that. Once he once John Cena comes at you and basically saying you got no heart, no love for the business, and on top of that, coming at you because you know, your wee wee, your small, just be, I'm like, because of that huge ego, wrap it up and go home. Because you are not out, like, that's going to be the one thing that's going to be known for you the rest of the life now. That promo that John Cena delivered to Austin Theory. And on top of that, when he literally, and what also made the promo so well, he was like, you know what? Austin Theory has the best name in the company. Because you're a theory. In theory, everybody is supposed to like you, but really no one cares about you. And I'm like, you know what? He has a point because I really don't care about Austin Theory. As much as Austin Theory gave a great match at Elimination Chamber and then had like great matches every and then have a great um he had a great like Survivor Series match last year, like just forcing him down our throats is just terrible. It's garbage. 
I hate to see it. I don't like it. Stop force-feeding Austin Theory when we're probably going to like him somewhere down the road. That's probably going to make us memorable. I think this this part, this um, promo is going to make him memorable, all right? For the wrong reasons. And it's going to be funny as hell when everybody looks back at Austin Theory. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember when Austin Theory got bodied from, by, John, <laughs> by uh, John Cena over that one promo before WrestleMania. And that, that's just going to stick in everybody's mind now. The day Austin Theory got bodied before WrestleMania by John Cena in a squash promo. And all Austin Theory could do was listen, which is damn. Just damn. So I already know that just off John Cena delivering this wonderful promo that he did to Austin Theory... We all know that the rest of this buildup is going to be very, very well, very, very well done. If not very, very well done, then it's going to be very, very good or excellent. If it's not probably perfect, then, you know, that's fine with me. But it allows is a great, you know, buildup to WrestleMania. And if the match is really, really good and what we all hope for, because everybody wants um, John Cena to beat Fury for the United States Championship. But I feel like in my mind, in the back of my mind, I feel like John Cena is going to put over Theory. I don't know why, even though I want John Cena to beat Theory and take the title away from him. But at the same time, you still need to build Theory. And I, I don't know if him losing the title to John Cena is the best bet. Um, I just know that they're probably going to put... I'm, I'm, prob- I'm, I'm thinking that they're probably going to have John Cena put Theory over so he can be like the next in line to be the next top star in the WWE. Um, but look, either way, if he doesn't go over and John Cena just makes a mark of it and makes an example out of theory, I'm fine with that too, honestly, because John Cena can squash anybody. Well, you know, you know, not counting Roman Reigns because that's a whole different person. But I'm just saying overall, um, I know this match is going to be really, really good to look at. And, um, there's also, like, an ending part, um, that didn't, that I didn't really like, and it just didn't make sense, but that's, I'm saving that to later on down the line in this episode, and then you'll see why, what I mean about why I didn't like, like, everything up to that certain point, why I didn't like, and, but, yeah, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really hoping for, this to be at least one of the matches that I'm looking forward to or match of the night on either card on one of the cards because, like, there's so much matches already that are really good that I'm looking forward to that, you know, I'm I'm hoping the rest of the card is going to be good, if not better than one of these matches right here, which is probably is because there's already some cards on the list that's already looking very, very well and very, very... um. And everybody's very, very excited to see. So I'm happy that John Cena's back in the WWE. I missed you, bro. It's been a minute. And I just can't wait to see what happens going forward with this, uh, with the buildup of this match. So the next topic on the list, and a surprising one that no one saw coming. Jay Uso turns on Sami Zayn and chooses the bloodline over him so going back again to the end of monday night raw 
when Jay Uso came out and basically saw the match, the main event match between Sami Zayn and his brother Jimmy Uso. And after that, when uh, Jimmy got beat by Sami, Jay looked on and literally saw his brother get beat. And after that, right when he was like looking at his brother, his own flesh and blood, the, the one that he's been out the womb with since day one, turned on his brother Jimmy and the entire bloodline at that very moment. And then when he parted with Sammy, I was like, yes! And I was like, yeah! In your face, Jimmy! Yeah! And I was like, but in my mind, I'm like, this also has to be a work. I was happy, but at the same time, I was like, I feel like this is a setup, though. And I was corrected. It was a setup. Because right when we see... Like, literally, Jay putting up the ones with Sami Zayn, partnered with Sami Zayn, and we thought that we are about to see Sami Zayn and the Jay friendship going on. WWE Triple H pulled the trigger. Jay stepped back and kicked Sami Zayn to the face. And you see Jimmy's greedy, dirty smile coming out and saying, Jay said, You think we think I was going to pick? You over my blood? You really think that? Huh? You really think that? And I was like, damn, I knew this was going to happen. And everything that was happening with Jay Uso, I, even though what's happening right now, even though a little part of me wanted him to go with Sami Zayn, I knew that also, even though he, you know, everything that happened with him and Sami Zayn and everything like that, he's not going to leave his family behind. And that's exactly what happened. He chose the bloodline. He chose Roman. Well, sorry, not Roman. He still hates the hell out of Roman. But he chooses his brother Jay over Sami Zayn. And then after that, I was like, yeah. this is. I, I knew this was kind of coming. I really knew this was kind of coming. And after that, like, it just... I don't know. With with Sammy's like the whole the whole entire um the whole entire like Monday Night Raw this past Monday Night Raw was just insanely crazy. It was insanely crazy because I in my mind I wanted Sammy Sammy Zane and Jay Uso to basically start whooping the bloodline's ass from inside starting with his brother, you know, Jay, I mean, not Jay, starting with his brother Jimmy, then Solo, getting them to turn on Roman so the whole entire rest of the bloodline can turn on Roman. But at the same time, I think the reason besides why he couldn't, you know, turn on the entire bloodline, obviously besides his brother Jimmy, was because of Roman. Because of the manipulation, him basically saying, if you leave the bloodline, you'll lose everything. You know, I will blame you for everything that that um that Sammy did, all this type of shit. And I feel like he was thinking about. I mean, I won't. I won't think about he's losing his brother, but more like Roman will like is gonna just very much lose all respect for Jay because, like, if you remember um last week on Friday Night SmackDown. It's like he like Jay has one week and 
if he doesn't show up, I'm not going to blame it on Sami Zayn. I'm going to blame it on Jimmy Uso. So basically, Roman is is going to use and use more of Jimmy and Jay just to get what the hell he wants. That's all he's trying to do. Because it, it's like the whole bloodline storyline is making the entire 360 loop. Because obviously, Roman doesn't care about, like he says he care about family, but to manipulate your flesh and blood since day one since y'all was kids is is mind-boggling to me and it's crazy and it's very manipulative and it's terrible honestly and for to jay to be like yo if you lose if you basically do this again i'm gonna whoop your ass and you're basically out the bloodline you and your brother and it's it's just gonna look terrible and and honestly the entire build-up to this tag team championship match, this undisputed WWE tag team championship match is it makes it more golden than ever. And him obviously picking his brother over Sammy, that's you know, that's no case. Like you're gonna pick blood over friends sometimes any day. Like some people pick blood over friends, some people pick friends over blood. It just depends on what the situation, how bad the situation is. But in this case. You can't really split up the tag team, the undisputed tag team champions, because that's going to look bad on, on WWE's part if you split them up and them still as tag team champions. So the only way for him, to for Sami Zayn to beat the Usos is for him to get betrayed by Jay. It only makes sense for him to get betrayed by, by you know, by a friend of his. Because in real life, we all know behind the cameras, obviously, they're friends. Obviously. But, you know, camera-wise, when the camera's on and all that stuff, he had to, you know, had to kick Sammy to the curb. Only the only the right thing to do. It only makes sense to, to kick Sammy to the curb. Because, one, you, like, for a very like, drawn-out story like this, Jay had to betray Sammy. He had to. He had no other choice. Besides the manipulation, how how Roman Reigns is controlling Jimmy and Jay and Solo, he had to do that. Had to. And obviously, everybody was shocked. Shit, I was even shocked when Jay turned on um turned on Sammy. But like I said, no other choice. He had no other choice but to do that. And obviously, Solo came out. And next, you know, right when Solo came out, um, I don't actually know. I don't even know if Solo came out. I don't even remember if Solo came out or not. But I know it was not Kevin Owens that came out because I thought Kevin Owens was going to come out. But no, it was Cody Rhodes again um, that came out, which didn't make sense to me at all. Like I said, with the whole thing with, you know, him coming out congratulating John Cena and everything like that and being like, yeah, like John Cena, everybody. And then at the end of Raw, when Cody Rhodes ran and came out to save Sami Zayn and saying like, bruh, like, come at me, come at me. Like, I'm going to whoop your ass right here, right now, which didn't make sense to me. And... 
this this part right here is what I mean that the entire this these two parts specifically on Monday Night Raw didn't make sense to me. The ending of these two parts, like the right one, the ending, like when Cody Rose was basically, you know, you know, like with John Cena hugging him and stuff. And then, and then Cody Rhodes coming out and saving Sami Zayn, which honestly I thought Kevin Owens was going to save Sami Zayn, but that didn't make sense. Which moves on to the next topic that I'm going to be talking about right now. All right, so like I said in the previous topic, WWE has kind of a problem right now with Cody Rhodes because, like I said, these last two parts that happened after. You know, you know, Sami Zayn's match and Co- and uh, not Cody, but uh, when uh, John Cena had his promo, a promo session with Austin Theory, there's two similar things why I say uh, WWE has a problem right now, and it's a Cody Rhodes problem that they're having. And I know probably everybody also put two and two together when they looked at what happened as well, too, uh, this past Monday night on Raw. So, to recap, Cody Rhodes came out when Sami Zayn was being jumped by the, uh, Jimmy and Jay uh, and the Bloodline and came out to rescue and to be by Sami Zayn's side. And then after John Cena basically squashed Austin Theory in a, in for the United States Championship promo, um, Cody Rhodes came out, hugged John Cena, and then, you know, everybody went wild for John and Cody and stuff. And I think you guys see where the problem is. They're having a Cody Rhodes problem because they're literally feeding one of the biggest faces besides Sami Zayn in our faces when we know he's the biggest face right now of all time besides Sami. He's literally number two in faces. It's literally, if it was literally like a good type list, at the top for the for the biggest face is Sami Zayn. Right under it is Cody Rhodes. Like you're you're feeding us, you're prop, you're forcing us Cody Rhodes when he's already you know going against one of like the biggest names in WWE right now, which is Roman Reigns for the undisputed Universal Championship. Why are you force feeding us Cody when we really don't need to be force feed Cody? Why? Like we all like when it comes. I, I, when it comes to all this stuff, because we thought that John Cena was just going to walk out, you know, leave Cody, like, you know, not Cody, but leave Austin Theory to think about what John Cena said and then be on with the next thing. But no, Cody came out, congratulated John Cena, and then basically put his hand up and be like, John Cena, everybody, yeah! And, and we were like, okay, okay, I, I see what you're doing, Cody. You're just probably going to give him you know, give a hug to see, thank you for coming back and all that type of stuff. But no, came out when it's like literally the end of Raw and saved Sami Zayn, which didn't make sense to me at all. And so I thought, okay, I thought I'd be like, you know what, let Kevin come out, him do a couple stunners, super kick, you know, Jimmy, stunners, like the solo, and then bam, I. But no, Cody Rhodes came out, slide into the ring, and then basically like, "Yo, come on, you want you gonna take you want to take me and him? Come on!" I'm like, "Really? 
Really, WWE? I see what you're doing here. It's getting annoying right now. Like, you already have Cody Rhodes putting up great promos with Roman already. And talking about Roman. And with, you know, Paul Heyman by his side. And Kevin, and like having Paul Heyman come out and talking to us and talking to Cody. You have great promos right there between Roman, like Paul Heyman, and Cody. Why are you force-feeding Cody to help Sammy? Doesn't make sense at all. It does not make sense. If you're going to have anybody come out, like help out Sammy, Kevin Owens. That's the whole point of their storyline. That's the whole point of Sammy Zayn's storyline. Kevin Owens comes out, stunners like them, keeps sending the message to the bloodline to take the tag team titles. And then slowly but surely, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn is on the same agreement, and they basically challenge they they, they challenge uh, the Usos at WrestleMania for the undisputed tag team championships. That's it. That's it. That's what their storyline is. Don't force feed us one of the like like a tie with one of the biggest faces right next to Sami. Don't do that. You're gonna basically hate. If you basically keep doing that, WWE, we're going to start hating Cody Rhodes because you are he's already a great heel. Not, sorry, not a great heel. He's already a great face. Everybody loves Cody already. Don't force feed us Cody because that's what makes us hate him. Because if you force feed us Cody, like, of Co if you force feed us Cody and we hate him going into WrestleMania, everybody's going to hate that match and go straight for Roman Reigns and, like, and cheer him and boo you. Like, stop doing that. Stop it, WWE. Stop it. Because it's not looking good on your part at all. Stop it. Like, I know I'm not the only one to see this. I feel like there's other people, Twitch streamers, YouTubers, shoot, your mom, your dad, your cousin that noticed this stuff. Stop force-feeding us, Cody. He's already a face, a big-ass baby face. Stop it. Stop doing it. There's no need to do it already. Yes, I understand what you're doing. Trying to have him go more over with the crowd, have more people like him. But already people love this man. A too much of one thing is bad for a lot of people. I'm saying it again. A too much of one thing is already bad for you. Do I really need to explain... The whole brutal aggression thing with John Cena and the whole thing what they're doing with Theory now. Do I need to explain that again? Because I think you get the drift. Don't force you to someone that's already big in some circumstances. WWE, stop doing it. You force feed us Theory way too much. We hate this dude. You force feed us John Cena way back when. We hate him because of his gimmick. And when he reinvented himself, great thing. Loved him, hated him, loved him, hated him. You know the you know the whole thing. Cody, you're doing you're doing the same thing with Cody. You're doing the same exact thing with Cody right now. Him showing up randomly just because? No. Like I said, you should just have John Cena walked out the walked out the ring. Literally told him you like literally told, said the same thing. You really could work on that last part and walked out, basically kissed the fans, 
put up his signature, you know, pose and all that type of stuff, and have him walk out and cut to the next, like the next shot in or the next scene in WWE and on Monday Night Raw. Same thing for for Sami Zayn. You like when Sami Zayn beat up, all you hear is din 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 Have Kevin Owens theme music play, running him running to the ring, and you cut and you literally. Cut to the um, you know, all the credits and stuff. Him saying, "Come on, come at me," or him basically just stuttering everybody, or and like pop up power bomb one person and then super kick another person and then make his mark and literally have Kevin Owens looking at Sami Zayn, look and then Sami Zayn looking back at Kevin Owens and then Kevin Owens leaving the ring and walking off. That's how you should have done that last part. On Monday Night Raw, because that would have been way better than Cody Rhodes running to the ring and still force feeding us Cody down our throats. When you force feed us wrestler down our throats, we eventually start hating them. And if you hate one of the biggest baby faces right next to Sami Zayn of all time, of all time right now in the WWE, it's just gonna be. Bad on WWE's part. Because now he's going to be like, oh, he wants, he was once a, like a great baby face. And so you force feed us, force feed us this good person, this great person that we all know and love down our throats once more to the point we don't want nothing to do with this person. And I mean nothing to do with this person. Stop it. Stop force feeding us stuff. Stop force feeding us wrestlers that, you know, that's already been a face for way too long. Stop it. Like, Monday Night Raw didn't need that last, them last two little bits. You could have just cut those out or just moved on to the next scene. <sighs> like, WrestleMania's around the corner. Please don't, don't, please don't fuck this up. Please don't fuck this up at all because I'll be hella mad, hella pissed if they fuck this up badly. Because you be like, we already, we have Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns coming in at high hopes for this. Very high hopes. Because we already know, is Cody Rhodes doing it for himself or doing what his father couldn't? Which, that's the real question on everybody's mind. We don't need Cody Rhodes intervening into other people's storylines. No, we don't, we don't need that. We don't need that. Him intervening in John Cena's Austin, Austin Theory's uh, storyline wasn't needed. Him intervening in the Usos and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens storyline didn't need that. Stop interfering or interfering in the other people's storyline. Just focus on your own storyline with Roman Reigns. That should be, be your main focus right now. Focusing on Roman Reigns on the undisputed uh, WWE Universal Championship. That's the only thing that's supposed to be on your mind right now. Not intervening in other people's storylines. Come on, WWE. Do the right thing here. <laughs> yes, congratulating him, congratulating these two, helping out this person. Okay, cool. Just don't come in when it's not needed. Don't do that. Just 
just don't. Please don't. Just stop it. Because everybody, and like myself, is probably going to hate Cody if you keep doing what you did on Monday Night Raw. And if you do this on Friday Night SmackDown, WWE, it's not going to look good for you going into the, the next couple weeks and going into the day of WrestleMania. Because... It's gonna it's gonna look bad on your part. So just stop doing what you're doing. You know, let other let like just let like those people do their storyline so they can build up their you know you know their stuff towards that match. Same thing goes for you. Build up your own storyline with Roman so you know you can prepare for that match at WrestleMania. Alright. Just this is like this is like a warning shot, WWE. Just stop doing what you're doing with like pushing Cody Rhodes and the other storylines that's not needed, and just do what he's supposed to do. And we have no problems. But if you keep doing this, we're gonna have problems. People's are gonna get people's gonna hate on like other wrestlers that not supposed to be hated at the moment, and it's just gonna look all bad for this one person that we all know and love. So, like I said, do what you got to do. Do it the right way, WWE, and we have no problems. All right? Okay, then. So, uh, moving on to the next topic on the list. So, we have a rumor that's circling uh, circling around, obviously, that Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio are supposed to get their match. At WrestleMania this year, which is a rumor, but we all know that's not going to be a rumor. We all know that's not going to be a rumor. It's a fact. It's a proven fact that Dominic is going to face his own father at WrestleMania. Because one, honestly, Ray, you need to start giving your child the beats. And I mean the beats of all beats. Not a whooping, not a slap to the face, a full beat down. Like in a hell in a cell. Honestly, if I was Rey Mysterio and, you know, and and me, if I had a son at my age, like, if I was, like, like real talk, if I was Rey Mysterio's age and I kept on having my son doing that to me, oh, like, I would think twice. He would have got his ass whooped. Women included. That means you too, Ripley, because, honestly, equal rights, equal fights. I don't care if I got suspended. I don't care if I can't go to WrestleMania. Shoot, and if you do put me in WrestleMania, give me a hell in the cell match with my own son. Yeah, I said it. I said it. Give me a hell in a cell match. Well, let me just do it. Let me do it like a... Let me do it at Vince McMahon. Like, Dominic and Rey Mysterio, you will have a match at WrestleMania, and the stipulation will be HELL IN A CELL! And honestly, once I, once he said, oh, yes, HELL IN A CELL, get ready to get the beats, Dominic, and I give him, like, the little taste of what I'm gonna give him at WrestleMania inside HELL IN A CELL! And I would do that 
so much. They honestly, for how for how much Dominic is doing his father dirty and Rey Mysterio not doing anything back because he's scared to hit his own son because he loves him that much. At this point, I don't give two fucks about your son, Ray. I don't. Give him the goddamn beats like he deserves. He deserves the beats. He deserves everything that's coming to him. That's coming to him. Candlestick, chair, fire extinguisher, metal steel steps, the announce table, um, tables, ladders, um, shoot, smoke to the face. I don't care what it is. She deserves everything that's coming to this man. Shoot, you can do a whole power bomb on the Hell in the Cell cage. On top of the cage, him going through the cell and him pinning his son one, two, three. That that's what needs to happen. Son versus father. Judgment Day versus Lucha. Technically, they're both Lucha, so it doesn't really make sense. But like I said, I, I like even though with everything's happening. Santo Escobar is literally with Rey Mysterio on it. It's like, basically, because he's Lucha saying, you don't care about your father. Really, you don't care about your father? And, like, and I think, like, drawing, I think drawing the line for me is ripping up one of my masks. If, if I, if you literally take my mask, rip it up, like, legit rip it up because you really don't care about me no more, bruh. Remember that steel pipe from 2019 Survivor Series? If y'all remember that Survivor, either yeah, remember like from tw- like the 20 like I think at yeah, 2019 Survivor Series. If y'all remember that one, I would have took that steel pipe right to, to right to Dominic Mysterio's back, kept hitting with it, kept hitting him with it, chopping him down one by one, literally hitting him in the head with it, hitting him in the legs. The thighs, the chest, the arms, like chopping him down one by one till he's no more. Just keep chopping him and chopping him and chopping him and hitting him and hitting him with everything I got. Steel chair, candlestick, fire extinguisher, steel cage, everything that I got. I will put this man six feet under. Like I hate Dominic right now so much. Especially disrespecting, going lengths of disrespecting his own father. Like, it's getting to the point where Dominic does not give two fucks. He doesn't care anymore. And, like, him, like, him betraying his father at Clash the Castle last year was just the iceberg. And then, ever since then, just literally throwing him more... Literally coming to his family's house on Thanksgiving, literally whooping his ass, then coming on Christmas and whooping his ass. And oh man, it's. <laughs> and then fast forward to now, where he does want to give his son the beats so, so goddamn bad, but he doesn't have the courage because he doesn't want to hit his own son. Red Mysterio. Man to man, I love you, bro. But who gives a fuck about you trying to not hit your son, bro? Give your son the goddamn beats. He needs the beats. He needs the beats 
of his lifetime, and not just any beats, a Hell in a Cell type beats match, because there's only one thing that's going to correct Dominic for the rest of his goddamn life, and that's him having a Hell in a Cell match with his own father, his own father basically putting him in the ground, literally learning, like literally teaching him a lesson that he won't forget. Putting his own son in the ground because of what Dominic is doing to him right now. Like, it's crazy. It's honestly crazy. Like, like put, like, everybody right now that's, that's listening to me right now, put yourself in Rey Mysterio's shoes. Would you literally, and I mean, would y'all literally just let Dominic Mysterio... Your own son in flesh that you basically, you know, you know, basically helped and raised to do this to his own father. Like, would you let him do this to you, oh God? And I know most of y'all would have said no because y'all would have gave your son the beats, boxing gloves and all. Like, shoot, if he did this at your age, like 15, 16, or like 17, say, yo, you can fight me. I'm like, all right. And then whoop your ass a good time to teach you a lesson. And then him as an adult, like a grown-ass adult, and saying, bro, I can basically take you on and whoop your ass. Don't matter what age I am. Doesn't matter if I'm, like, you know, if you're in your teenage years or, you know, you think you've grown or you've grown now like you, like you, like in your 20s and shit, you think you can whoop your old man. Believe me, I'm going to whoop your ass. Whoop your ass. The, the, I don't even have the word for it right now. But I will whip your ass till you see nothing but blackness. And I mean blackness till you can't see shit. Till you can't see shit. And you, you think, oh, like, like Dominic Mysterio deserves everything that's coming to him. Everything. Everything to pipes, to chairs, to steel chairs, to... To anything that you can think of, a kendo stick. Anything devilish. Shoot, you can have an anything goes match, a last man standing match. And I mean, do everything that you possibly can to injure this man, to injure Dominic, to get him a beating of a lifetime. A lifetime means a lot. And I mean, a lot right now. Because nothing, nothing will be ever more better than your own son getting the beats, laying face first on the floor, pinned one, two, three, showing him who's boss, who his father is, who raised your dumbass, and who taught you where you are today. Saying that, oh, him saying that. Oh, Rey Mysterio is not my father. Saying he never loved me. Saying, oh, I'm from the trenches. Nigga, you was in jail for like two days. Relax, nigga. Relax. Talk about you from the hood, bro. You from the hood. And just to go off just wrestling right now, Dominic wouldn't even make it in the hood. I'm sorry. He would not make it nowhere in the goddamn hood. And I mean nowhere in the hood. If you met real essays out in the hood, especially 
in California, in Cali, in like in Inglewood and Compton, you would not make it two seconds there. You would not survive two goddamn seconds. Regular Latin kicks will eat you alive. And I mean alive. I don't mean Bloods and Crips will eat your life, but Latin Kings, because you said you're from the hood and all that type of stuff, the hood saying your father would never loved you. If you went in the if you went into the real hood of California, bruh, and like where the Latin Kings stay at, yeah, you're done for it. You won't you won't even last two minutes in with them at all. Saying you claim as a real hood, a hood dude. Get out of here, bruh. You won't. Last two seconds with them dudes. Let's be honestly fair. I know this is a gimmick and everything that Dominic's doing, but put two and two together in real life if he actually was saying this all this regular, saying this dumb bullshit in real life. He won't last two seconds with real gangsters, bro. Oh, God. With real land kings, you won't last two goddamn seconds. I know I won't because I'm not shouting, bro. Like, I'm not shouting hood, hood nigga shit. I'm not doing that dumb shit. Just. But I know when it comes to wrestling, Ray is going to make a mark of you. It's going to teach you a lesson that you'll never forget. That you'll never forget. So, Ray Mysterio, right now, when it go when it comes to WrestleMania at the SoFi Stadium this April first and April second, give your son the beats that he will never forget because he needs to be taught a lesson and a great lesson on who the true true person you're going up against really is all right so moving on to the next topic so there's a rumor going around and this is obviously true at the same time so right so right now fans believe that um, on August 18th, August uh, 18th edition of SmackDown in Toronto will be Edge's last match. He said in 2022 that he wanted to retire in Toronto of uh in Toronto in summer of 2023. And honestly, a lot of people, just like myself, is not ready to see Edge, the rated R superstar, to retire again. Because I remember he retired back in 2011 because of a neck injury that put him out of early retirement. And then coming back uh, after nine years later, after nine years and coming back in the Royal Rumble in 20, I think it was like 2020. And him having a hell of a run from like pandemic to now is is insane. And I love everything that Edge has given to WWE since day one, I love Edge. He is one of the all-time greats, Hall of Famer. And bro, this man had so much stuff, so much stuff that he brung to WWE, WWE before his retirement, his first early retirement in 2011. Like, right now, Edge, he he's really good. He really doesn't really need he really does not need to prove himself anymore anything anymore. And plus, he's won it all already. Won it at all. Would I love him to have another, like, one more championship, like, run in WWE? Yes. Doesn't matter if it's tag team. Doesn't matter if it's United States Championship. And doesn't matter if it's Intercontinental 
Intercontinental Championship or even the World or the, or the WWE Championship or the Universal Championship. I don't matter. doesn't matter as long as he gets one last final run as a champion in WWE. I'll love to see it. He's given us everything that he's got. He's basically created great factions. He created the Judgment Day. He, him taking down the Judgment Day himself. Him has a heel, a heel edge is chef's kiss. Him as a face is better. Him having legendary feuds with John Cena. Him having feuds with Randy Orton. Him having feuds with Triple H. And list goes on and on and on and on. And I love everything about this man. Like, he did say that he would retire on his own terms. He is very older, very, a lot more wiser, and he knows he won't do full-time like his, like he used to. Like his body back then could do full-time every single time. Nowadays, like his body's breaking down, he's getting older, he has a family to take care of, he has kids, this, this, and that, and his body just can't keep up with him no more. And, like, and it's it's crazy to me because... In a way, he he doesn't have to do all that because, one, he could accomplish everything in wrestling. I mean, at his age as well, too. And he and started everything from the ground up in WWE. It's crazy. Like, and I know, like, I, I, start, I, I don't, like, it's been a long time since I've been watching wrestling. I think I've been watching wrestling since I was... Five, I believe, maybe a little bit younger than that. But I remember I started like remembering stuff around like when I was five years old. I was growing up watching him grow in wrestling, even when he retired in 2011, that nine year hiatus and gone for such a long time. And him grinding and coming back, and him being coming back into the Royal Rumble in 2020 in phenomenal shape, in great shape. Six pack and all, him when the when he came back at the Royal Rumble in 2020, and he, all you hear is, "You think you know me?" <laughs> On this day, I see clearly, and the hugest pop of them all that came from the WWE crowd, and Edge came back, and and to hear these words coming. From the announcement voice again. The rated R Superstar Edge. To hear those words coming out the announcer's mouth is so, so refreshing to hear. And him... Coming to this last months, these last days, these last weeks, these last seconds of him going into retirement, to him going into retirement again, no one, no one like myself is ready for that. And I mean, no one like myself is, is ready to cry so much because one, like I said, I'm glad that I watched him grow up in wrestling. And to see how he has been able to right the wrong of him retiring on his terms and be able to give us awesomeness feuds with AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, um, 
Roman Reigns, Finn Balor, getting to team with his wife, Beth Phoenix. It's been truly incredible. And thank you. If that if this is his last if his last match whatever happened now, it would it couldn't end any better in his hometown in Canada. In Canada itself. And it's it's crazy, man. It's 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 crazy because these all these stuff that he's done throughout throughout the years is crazy. This man is a seven-time WWE heavyweight champion. He's a four-time WWE champion. He's a five-time Intercontinental champion. He is a one-time United States champion. He is a fourteen-time tag team champion. I remember he had one with Rey Mysterio, one with Chris Jericho, seven with your boy Christian, two with Chris Benoit, one with Hogan, and one with Randy Orton. He won the Royal Rumble in 2020 and 2021 to face Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 37. He won King of the Ring in 2001. He won Money in the Bank in 05. He, uh, I remember the, when bragging rights was a thing. He won the Bragging Rights Trophy in 2010. He won the Gold Rush Tournament in 05. He won um, the champion, uh, Championship Chase Tournament in 08. He's a Grand Slam champion. I know he's a Triple Crown champion. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2012. And he's a four-time Slammy Award winner. That is a lot of accolades for one person alone. And to have this much accomplishments from the time he started in WWE to the time to, to his first retirement for him coming back into the WWE in um in early in um in early 2020 and up to now with his feud with the Judgment Day and Finn Balor, it's 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 truly an honorable um a great thing to see. With Edge, Edge has accomplished so much in his wrestling wrestling career, and for him to retire, I'm not ready for it. I know y'all is not ready for it, and to see one of the legends soon retire that we all know and love is is amazing. It's amazing to see. <laughs> like I'm, I'm getting a little emotional just talking about it. Because everybody's favorite wrestler, besides Triple H, besides Randy Orton, besides John Cena, Batista, Edge was every, a lot of people's favorite wrestler. It, it's one of my favorites. Shoot, Edge is in my top five wrestlers. Top five wrestlers. And I'll give you my top five right now. So, top five is... Honestly, it's hard to put all these people in like a rank for top five, but top five is um, Randy Orton. Number four is John Cena. Number three is um, number three right now is Roman. Actually, no, let me scratch that. So right now. I that I actually I actually so right now in number five is uh, Roman Reigns. Number four 
is Orton. Number three is John. Number two is Edge. And number one is The Undertaker. And I I love I I love Edge really so much in my heart at the moment. I, I love this man so much. He's done so much for the company. Like, and I'm not just saying this because of, you know, just because he retired. I'm saying this because, like, just like the greats that I just named off, even Roman Reigns getting up there with, you know, being one of the the only people the besides, like, a handful of people to reach a thousand days reign. But besides him, besides Roman just to do that on his own with help with the bloodline, Edge, the way he, the stuff that he accomplished way back when, a ruthless aggression era, attitude era, is insane. In, shoot, even in the PG era, is insane. And, and to see one of the beloved superstars of all time, one of them, because there's many of them on this list. But one of them that has came back and was injured with a serious neck injury, was never supposed to wrestle again, came back almost a decade later in the Royal Rumble of 2020 and gave us an amazing pop and an amazing... An amazing sight to see. Gave us some more memorable matches ever since. Now his second run in the WWE after a very serious injury that was supposed to have him never wrestle again. It's it's crazy to see because, like I said, there's only one edge. There's only one edge. There's only... One rated R superstar. And for him to retire this summer, if it's still happening, if it's still on the table, if he's retiring in this summer in Canada, it's just going to be one of the biggest farewells that WWE have seen in a long time. Because I know everybody's going to be crying. I'm probably going to be tearing up a little bit. But this is all his time. He deserves it. He de- he deserves it. Honestly, he deserves, like I said, to have one last championship run. He deserves to have um, a good farewell standing ovation. Um, he deserves everything that comes his way because he's been in the business for a long, long time. Wrestle. He he eats, sleeps, breathes, wrestling. He breathes, eats, sleeps WWE. This is his passion. This is his life. This is all that he ever wanted. Besides his family, wrestling and his family is his top two. Wrestling and his family is his top two. Without that, I don't know. <laughs> Without that type, man, I don't know if we will ever see a version of Edge like this ever again in our lifetime. 
because people have been watching probably ads when when they were like a baby, and I mean a baby. I I started watching WWE when I was five, man. Five years old is when I started watching WWE, and a lot of memorable stuff from here going to now, from the past to the to the present to the going on future. Edge will make a mark on obviously the younger generation, on the older generation, and for the people that grew up grew up watching him in the Attitude Era and the Ruthless Aggression Era, and love to see where he started out to where he is today. And I have nothing but love for Edge. I have nothing but love for that man. And if he he needs to end out his last couple months or his last, you know, and like just his last months or just his last year in WWE with a banger, like a full blown banger. And thank you, Edge, for giving us some great memories, great rivalries, great matches, great feuds, just great overall everything when it comes to you. Because man, him retiring is gonna be like the saddest day in everybody's life. And I mean the saddest day in everybody's lives and <laughs> me personally if i could see edge in person just once before he retires that would be a dream come true but i know that's not gonna ever happen but until that does happen man <laughs> i got no words right now i got really no words i just love edge with a passion i just do but like, like I said, Ed, Lord, like I said, thank you for giving us great, great memories, stuff that we're going to remember for our lifetime to probably the day we die. So <laughs> thank you and good luck when it when you retire and all that type of stuff. Anyway, so coming to the last the last topic of the episode. And yes, this is true. And probably people going, some people's gonna hate me with for this, but the bloodline ends with Jay Uso. I'm gonna say it one more time for the people in the back: the bloodline ends with Jay Uso. Jay has been manipulated by his cousin for a very long time. A very, very long time. And him when just circling back when it started in the Thunderdome, when Roman got the Universal Championship, when his first feud was his blood, his cousin, Jay Uso. When Jay Uso became the number one contender for the Universal Championship, for at Clash. At Clash of Champions, that started a great, long, very, very long storyline. And I'm saying this because it started with Jey Uso. Like, that match at Clash of Champions in, in, uh, in the Thunderdome of 2020 was brutal. Because I remember everything when he was whooping Jay's 
ass. And I mean, whooping Jay's ass, making a mark out of Jay Uso. Jimmy saved him through in the white towel, and then match ended. And then Jay said, you know what? Nah, I want my run back. I'll get it back in blood. And he went and did the match. He did a hell in a cell match for the Universal title. And I quit match, of all things. And I quit match inside and hell in a cell. That's two stipulations in one night, which was crazy. And oh my, oh my God, bro. Oh my God. This match was brutal. And I mean, brutal from both parties, but Roman Reigns destroyed his cousin Jay. And I mean, completely destroyed his ass to the point he had to put his, his brother, Jimmy in a guillotine and said, I quit to save his brother Jimmy. To save his brother Jimmy so he won't be knocked down in, in the middle of that ring. And I mean, this is when we see the heelish, the devilish side of Roman Reigns. And this is where the manipulation of Jay Uso and both of the Usos, but mostly Jay Uso picks up back in memory when they were kids. And then it went from him, from how Jey Uso, from those two matches, to manipulate him to become the main event Jey Uso, which was a great Jey Uso, which is a great ver version of Jey Uso, by the way. And basically, have Jey did all his dirty work and all this type of shit and in the Thunderdome, which was insane. And then right when Thunderdome ended and all that type of shit, might like and all if you think if you come back to the Thunderdome, this man did shit with Kevin Owens, Drew McIntyre. He did some shit with a lot of dirty like Edge, Daniel Bryan. Like he did a lot of shit, a lot of dirty shit to Jay. Uh, and I mean a lot of dirty shit to Jay. Even when it came around to WrestleMania, WrestleMania 37. Getting involved in that match so Roman can stay a champion is, oof, which is which is insane, insane. And now fast forwarding, fast forwarding to now when, well, fast forwarding when Jimmy and Jay become SmackDown Tag Team Champions, and then after that, fast forwarding became undisputed Tag Team Champions, and then the manipulation gets even worse. And worse and worse. Even fast forward, and let's fast forward to now with Jay Uso and how the bloodline is. Little the cracks are still coming apart, still coming apart in the bloodline. Piece by piece, they are coming apart in the bloodline. Jay hates hates the fuck out of Roman more than ever now. Jimmy's going side with his brother. I mean, just regardless, but still hates Roman because of how. How he manipulated this dude. Literally, when I remember when it came to that part when um when Sammy was a part of the bloodline, when Sammy said, I'm just trying to make peace. The tribal chief said he wants peace. And right when he said, I don't give a damn what the tribal chief has to say. And I'm like, oh shit. And this is when the little tiny seeds, the tiny cracks starts coming to play. When 
everybody kept on saying main event Jay Uso. Everybody was looking at him, and Roman started having shit about you know having shit about him and Jay, and it's like the pieces are slowly getting put into place for they feel like Jay Uso should be the one dethroning Roman. But honestly, this feud between J- like between Jay Uso and Roman Reigns is bigger than the is bigger than the titles. Is it's true. Their feud, like they're not their feud, but their but the history between them two, what started in Thunderdome up till now, it's bigger than titles. It's way bigger than just championships. It's way bigger than that. This is like family against family. Cousin versus cousin. Blood versus blood. This is bigger than just championships alone. Like, yes, he wrestled for the Universal title way back when it was Thunderdome. That didn't happen. Like that that couldn't be that couldn't get done. So once he realized the manipulations getting to getting to Jay and he and he realized what's been happening to him, he knew that what he's going like what he's going against against his own cousin, Roman Reigns, he knows that the whole fight between them two is way bigger than just wrestling for some championships. It is bigger than that. It is fighting for what's right. It is fighting for family. It is fighting it is fighting for everything that they've been working for their entire lives. And I feel like, honestly, if you're going to set up a match right with Jay and Jimmy, sorry, not, not with Jay and Jimmy Uso, but with Jay Uso and Roman Reigns, you're going to have to bring up shit from, from Thunderdome. You're going to have to bring up shit in 2020. You're going to have to bring up shit in 2021, you're going to have to bring up shit just in general with those two years to, to follow up with what's happening now. You're going to have to bring those memories back because, one, you're going to because Jay has to remember how he manipulated him in the Thunderdome era, how he made him do his dirty work for him to get the credit with the pin. Like, you, like you literally, you, you have to bring up those times because... Obviously, Thunderdome, Thunderdome main event, Jay Uso. Yeah, Jay Uso. We're seeing the side of Jay Uso that we haven't seen in a minute, in a long ass time, which was great. But the manipulation was heavy, and I mean heavy, heavy in that time, in that Thunderdome era. So right now, this is more just than about titles. This is about fighting for family at this moment. That's what it is right now. It's about fighting for family. Because does Roman actually love Jay? No. He manipulated this dude to get everything he that he wants from them to be by his side, to be in line, to be put in place. Because if they don't be put in place, if they're not in, put in their place, what are they going to do? He's going he gonna to smash them. He's going to take his anger out on his own brothers. On his own brothers. Because he don't care. He just cares about being the most relevant wrestler and the known wrestler in WWE. He doesn't care about anybody else besides himself. So that's why I said this rivalry right now, the entire him, the entire bloodline ending, it it has to end with Jay Uso. It's only right to end with Jay Uso. So once Jay Uso turns on Roman, Jimmy will do the same, turn on Roman, and Solo will do the same. And turn on Roman. Shoot. 
Paul Heyman might even turn on Roman too. We don't know. So, like I said, like I said with this, it's only right for the whole bloodline to end with Jey Uso. Like I said, it doesn't even have to get titles involved at all. If it does get titles involved, then I know Jimmy and Solo will help Jay to win and take them titles off of Roman. If that doesn't happen, shoot, you can do this. To end this, you can put it in a Hell in a Cell match again. You can put it um, in a Last Man Standing match, an I Quit match, uh, or something crazy like that. Something crazy like that. But I'm going I'm to stand by my, my statement. I'm going to stand by this. If Cody doesn't get the job done at WrestleMania, the only person to get the job done and end the bloodline once and for all is Jay Uso. But anyway, y'all, that's it for today's episode. Thank you for everybody to tune in and listen and vibing with me and chilling with your boy. And like I said, WrestleMania is right around the corner, man. Less than a month away before the biggest night in WWE history. The grandest stage of them all. A lot of crazy matches we get to see on this card on WrestleMania. And I'm happy and I'm ready to see everything that WrestleMania has to offer this year in L.A. And (laughs) WrestleMania about to be crazy as hell. Crazy as hell. The buildup for all these matches is insane. I'm ready for it. I'm down for it. And shoot, I know y'all are ready for it as well, too. But that's it. This is your boy Antoine TV2, the host of Organized Mess. You can follow uh, the podcast, uh, Organized Mess, on um, across all social medias at ODDM Official. And same thing with my personal... Um, with my other YouTube channel, my personal YouTube channel, Antoine TV2, Antoine TV2, and you can follow uh, me across all social medias as well, too. So, everybody, be safe out there. Drink your water, because I know it's hot as hell, and be breezy, y'all.